After a decade of indulging his darkest vices as a nightclub promoter, Scott Harrison declared spiritual, moral, and emotional bankruptcy. He spent two years on a hospital ship off the coast of Liberia, saw the effects of dirty water firsthand, and came back to New York City on a mission. Hi, I'm Ashton Gustafson, and this is good, true, and beautiful. But first, a message from this episode's featured nonprofit, Charity Water. Hey guys, I'm Scott Harrison, the founder and CEO of Charity Water. We are on a mission to bring clean and safe drinking water to every single person on the planet. Uh, We're a little bit different in that we use 100% of all public donations uh, to directly fund water projects that we then prove using photos and GPS and satellite images so people know where the money is going. We just have a deep belief in the power of radical transparency uh, and and building a community. And, And we've now been joined by over a million people around the world that have said, you're not on our watch, not on our watch, are people drinking dirty water, especially if we know how to help them. So the best way to, to learn more about Charity Water, uh, you can just visit charitywater.org spring. We have an amazing monthly community of givers who are showing up. Uh, some giving as little as $10 a month, some giving $30 a month, some giving $100 a month. And there's an amazing video there too, which, which just tells the story um, that you could just help us by sharing with your friends. Um, we would love to invite you to be a part of solving the water crisis, of, of ushering in a day where every single person alive has access to clean and safe drinking water, their most basic need. And we invite you to join Charity Water in that. Hey friends, Ashton here. Welcome back to another episode of Good, True, and Beautiful. Uh, I am so excited today to introduce you guys. Um, He is now a featured author. He's been on New York Times bestseller list recently. His book, Thirst, came out, uh, I think, last week or the week before. Um, He's the founder and CEO of Charity Water, which, if you guys um, aren't aware of what they're doing in the world, unbelievably beautiful things. Um, and I can just say from afar, this is a guy that I look up to. Um, he's doing amazing things, and uh, I'm just super excited to get to introduce you guys to him, his story, and the good things he's doing in the world. And so that being said, Scott Harrison from Charity Water is joining us. Scott, welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's man. great to talk to you. Absolutely. So the new book came out. It's out how long now? A couple weeks or well, so? Well, this is, I think, second week uh, ends today. Wow. And how's it feel? How's it, it's kind of, you're kind of getting it out there, doing the travel? Yeah, we were, we were saying it's a lot of work. <laughs> I've been, I'm on a, an 11 city tour. I've got seven down and uh, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels weird to fly west and then fly east and then fly west again and then fly east and that's a whip you, know, you kind of don't know uh where you're coming or going sometimes but no it, no. it's it's been it's been good and it's been great getting you know so many comments from readers and you know from listeners on audible and 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 i'm yeah i'm really proud of it it's been it's been, been fun to put that out there well it's beautiful and it really does um tell you and your story and the story of charity water so well i i guess to set the tone to set the stage for some of our listeners that maybe haven't crossed paths with you and your work in the world. Um, I guess before we get to, to kind of your story and how you got to where you are, where, what, how do you share about your work in the world and what you guys are doing? Well, you know, a lot of that's been, Charity Water has been around for 12 years now. So a lot of it is online. Um, you know, I think we've, we, we built a digital only organization, (laughs) I guess you could say not digital first, you know, when, when we started off the, 
you know, I was 30 and, and didn't know any better. And the thought of direct mail or catalogs or stopping people on the street, asking them to give to charity, all, all that stuff just kind of felt like the past and not the future. So we, we've really tried to build the movement online, on social media, on our, on our website, you know, through really just through, through word of mouth as well, getting yeah. a bunch of everyday people involved. Now over a million people wow. uh, have, have been, you know, charity water supporters from, gosh, 105 or so countries. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. So rewind us back. Let's go to those early 2000s, mid-2000s, um, where really you, um, you, had a, you had a big crossroads in life, a major shift um, one of the top nightclub promoters in New York City. Um, share with us that story a little bit of kind of how, how this all started to unfold. Yeah, well, I was a real degenerate in my 20s. <laughs> uh, I, I moved to New York City at 18, 19 uh, as, a, as an act of rebellion against mm-hmm. a very conservative Christian upbringing. I've been brought up in the church world. Uh, my mom was was an invalid growing up, so I had a, a kind of weird childhood, mm-hmm. you know, with with a sick parent, uh, no brothers and sisters, and you know, moved to the city and just went nuts. Just said sex, drugs, rock and roll, money, watches, cars. I want it all, <laughs> and and I, and I learned that there was this job where you could actually rebel in style um, as a nightclub promoter, and all you had to do was get you know the the right people inside the right clubs, and Oh my gosh! I mean, you could charge them astronomical amounts for for liquor. So yeah, that, that's what I did for ten years. I worked at forty different nightclubs, selling the five hundred dollar bottles of champagne, the twenty dollar, uh, you know, vodka sodas to people, and just just getting everybody wasted, really, for 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 almost a decade, uh, including myself, and found myself. Um, you know, maybe with many of the the external markers of success, but was really rotting inside. I was emotionally bankrupt. I was spiritually bankrupt. I had a had a pornography addiction, a strip club problem, a gambling, drinking, drugging problem, and I was just a mess. And and I came to this realization, thankfully, and. You know, there was a long series of circumstances that I that I write about in the book that involved clubs and and guns and um, half my body going numb for a period of time, but that led me to really ask the question of what the exact opposite of my life might look like. What would it look like to not pivot, you know, to not make a, a twenty or forty five degree turn, but just to make a hundred eighty degree turn? I mean, to to walk, turn around and walk in the other direction. And that led me uh, at, at 28 years old to sell almost every earthly possession that I had, uh, really just liquidating my life online, and apply to the famous humanitarian organizations that I'd heard of hmm. over the years and uh, see who might take me, who might be willing to take me on for one year of volunteer humanitarian service. And as it turned out, nobody wanted to take me. <laughs> so I was denied you know, by, by all the organizations I applied to because, of, of course, they were serious people and I was a degenerate nightclub promoter. Um, even though I'd, I'd said my heart had changed, you know, I hadn't uh, – uh, well, I hadn't. It didn't <laughs> match the profile. So – you know, uh, finally, one organization said if I paid them $500 a month that I could volunteer. And I'm like, this is perfect. Right? And they said, not only did I have to pay them $500 a month, I had to go live in post-war Liberia. 
And uh, that's really where everything changed for me. You know, I wound up in post-war Liberia with a a group called Mercy Ships, uh, an extraordinary uh, group of humanitarian doctors and surgeons and nurses. And I joined this mission as their photojournalist. And I quit everything in one go. I never smoked again. I never, you know, drugged again. I never gambled again. I, you know, never set foot in a strip club or anything like that again. I just really walked away from my old life uh, in the hope that a new life would unfold, a very different life of virtue, uh, a life of uh, of service to others. And that was uh, about 14 years ago. Wow, wow. And what was the book that your dad gave you that I think there was that quote that you said, where faith is defective, the result will be numbness? Um, I forget that when you went on that trip, um, the book that your dad gave you, you remember that in the book? Yeah, it was the pursuit of God. Yeah. The pursuit of God. And so that really, I think it seems though, in the pages, A.W. Tozer, it yeah, was pretty, Tozer. Deep, pretty deep, uh, deep theology. I mean, it's not fun reading. I've tried to read it a couple of times since. Yeah. 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 It's a lot but, to get through. But I, I, it, it seems to me that that, that moment kind of helps you get to this place of resetting into a meaningful life. That that you've done the the nightclub scene. Heck, I think you were on like certain companies' payrolls to 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 drink their products. Um, yeah, and uh, and you just said something's got to shift here, uh, and that all happened for you on Mercy Ships. Yeah, and and I think my community changed so mm-hmm. drastically. I mean, imagine going from a community where the norm was drugging and drinking and you know, <laughs> promiscuous sex, basically, to uh, a community that was a, a bunch of, you know, non-denominational Christians, you know, for lack of a better term, who were doctors who were dedicating their talents in service mm-hmm. to the poor, yeah. um, expecting nothing in return. So, you know, that the health was the new norm. Service was the new norm. Virtue was the new norm. Yeah, and you had to be on a boat. I mean, this wasn't this wasn't on land. It, it was like you were you were stuck in the middle of it. It was a little it. village. I know it was a little village. My I remember my my cabin on the boat was actually 125 square feet, oh and gosh. I had to share uh, bunk twin beds with two roommates that I'd never met before. <laughs> so there were three of us in 100 square feet. Wow, wow. Um, so this 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 shift happens, and you you're kind of looking for what what is how how. How are you going to give your life away? How are you going to respond to all of this that you're seeing? And you really land on this idea that um, water water can change the game for a billion people. Um, talk to me about kind of how that process came along, how that idea came to you, and really the need for clean water on Earth right now. Yeah, so, you know, I saw a lot when I was with these doctors, and uh, I was spend some time in leprosy colonies, they were operating on cleft lips, cleft palates, flesh-eating disease, massive facial tumors, um, people who had been burned during the war uh, of in Liberia, often by rebel soldiers, um, you know, fused body parts. I mean, I just saw some shocking, shocking stuff. But um, in in the the better part of two years that I spent on this humanitarian mission in West Africa, the one thing that I, I just couldn't shake, I couldn't understand or comprehend, was that people were drinking disgusting, brown, viscous, green water from swamps Hmm. and ponds, and children were dying of diarrhea. And I learned that 50% of the people living in the country uh, where, you know, where I was on the boat, uh, Liberia, 50% of the people didn't have clean water to drink. 
So here I was with these doctors trying to improve people's health, but half the country didn't have the most basic need for health even met. And, and that's where I became interested in water, water as the root cause of so much of this global sickness. Water maybe is the question behind the question um, of, of why so many people were, were suffering in extreme poverty. And at the time, there were a billion people worldwide. One out of every six people on the planet was drinking bad water. And I had never known anything except to take water for granted my whole life. And so you, you kind of had this idea, I guess you came back and you were like, how are we going to help do this? How are we going to drill wells, provide clean water? It wasn't like we didn't know how to do it. It just wasn't being done. I think I saw that in one of your presentations that. Yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't the will there, you know, that's the beauty of, of the water crisis. Um, it's a completely solvable problem. Mm -hmm. And actually a lot of progress has been made. So since we started, you know, that number has now come down from a billion to 663 million. Wow. So we made it, we made a huge amount of progress. So now it's one out of every 10 people in the world that doesn't have clean water to drink, which is, which is still, you know, one in 10 too many. It's still 663 million people uh, too many. So that's the beauty, though. It's solvable. There's not a single human being alive right now that needs to be drinking dirty water. Yeah. And not everything is solvable. There, there are cures that, you know, we're, we're looking for um, cures for diseases, and we're looking to try and create vaccines in, in labs, and scientists are working on this up. Water's just not like that. Mm -hmm. We know how to drill wells or build rainwater harvesting systems or gravity-fed systems or filtration systems. Um, you know, if you take a solution agnostic approach, we know how to help everybody on the planet. Yeah. So it's the will that's missing. It's the money. It's the resources to, to solve a problem like this. You, you even mentioned, I think that, that for some of these villages, literally it's right below their feet. Like they don't, like it's, it's all you got to do is drill it and it's there. You, you have communities where the women and the girls are walking eight hours a day wow. down, you know, from the top of their community down, you know, a mountain to a disgusting source in a riverbed that they're sharing with donkeys who are, you know, fecally contaminating the water with cows, with, with animals. You know, often the women are, are risking rape on these long journeys. They're uh, attacked by hyenas. Sometimes at the rivers, they're attacked and dragged away by crocodiles. And back in the village, a couple hundred feet, 200 feet beneath the ground is clean water. Is the clean water that can save their lives, the clean water that can eliminate this walk. But yet they don't have $10,000 to drill that well. They don't have the access to a million-dollar drilling rig and compressors and trucks to actually go and tap into that. And that's what we've been able to do now for the last 12 years and, and help now 29,000 communities in, in 26 countries get access to clean water. Wow. Um, but again, that's, you know, that we, we've been able to fund projects for eight and a half million people. That's only one seventy-eighth of the global problem. So we need to figure out how to do 78 times more. We need to go faster. Love it. Love, I love your, I love your passion for this. Um, it's so inspiring. Talk to me about the party that kicked all this off. Cause you, you, you had that heart's desire to do something. You said, I, I, I know what we need. I know what needs to happen, but how are we going to get the money to do this? And like any great club promoter, you just said, oh, we're going to throw a party. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that. Well, there's a, there's a little even before that, you know, I, I think, um, I had my issue. Okay. So my mission was going to be clear. I came back from Africa. I was 30 years old. I had seen people drinking dirty water said, listen, I've got, um, 
you know, I, I've been at work to, to create a day where everybody has clean water to drink. Um, that was the mission. But as I started talking to people, I had the advantage of being just an everyday 30-year-old guy. I didn't, I didn't come out of the philanthropic establishment. <laughs> I hadn't worked in charity. So I was just talking to people that worked in fashion or in entertainment or in finance or you know worked at MTV. And I realized there was this huge distrust among my friends when it came to charities. There was a cynicism. Uh, people would say, I don't, I don't give to charities. I don't trust that they'll do the right thing with the money. I don't know where my money's going to go. I don't know who it's actually going to help. And, you know, I just, uh, I, I thought, well, maybe the bigger thing that we need to do is speak to that cynicism. Maybe uh, to, to make a huge impact on a problem as big as the global water crisis, we're going to need a new model. We're going to need to reimagine the way people experience charity, the way they perceive charity. And, uh, and, and that's really where, you know, the pillars came, you know, our, our first few pillars, even before the party. So the first idea was, well, what if we could just deal with the objection everybody has around giving to charity? What if we could take the money objection off the problem, the overhead problem? And we said, well, let's open up two bank accounts and put 100% of the public's money in a bank account that can only be used to directly fund water projects that help people get water. And in bank account number two, we'll raise all the overhead separately. Hmm. The money for our staff costs, uh, our office costs, our flights, anything that wasn't directly helping people in one of these countries get clean water would be paid for in, in bank account two. And then the second big idea was let's just prove to people what we did with their money. Let's show them the impact. Let's connect the dots. Let's say if you gave $10, here's where your $10 went. We want you to be able to see proof of that. Um, and then you know, the third thing was really wanting to, uh, to, to build a beautiful brand yeah. and, and a brand that was inspiring and imaginative and not based in shame or guilt or this idea of giving back, you know, giving back because we've – pillaged and plundered to such extent we should throw some scraps to the poor you know this sense of 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 old charity and 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 um you know i I wanted to i wanted to build something that was fun and imaginative and inspiring you know i wanted to talk about giving and only frame it in the positive because we could because it's a blessing and an honor to be able to give uh, our time and our talent and our money to end needless suffering around the world. So we put together hundred percent and this idea of proof using technology to connect people to where their money went. Um, this trying to build an epic, imaginative, inspiring brand, and then working with local partners. I just believe that for our work, our actual work, getting people clean drinking water to be sustainable, it had to be led by the locals in each of these countries. It would be Ethiopians leading their communities and their country forward. You know, Rwandans leading uh, the same, their their communities and their countries forward. And, and, and I wanted them to get the credit. So we could get people to care about this important issue. We could raise money, ask people to be generous, use 100% of that, but then the actual drilling uh, would be done by the locals. They would be the ones getting all the credit. So we put all this together and I said, well, the only idea I have right now is to throw a party in a nightclub for my 31st birthday and give my friends open bar for an hour as a way of getting them there and then just charge them all 20 bucks as they come in to Charity Water as a donation and make this promise that 100% of the money we raise would go directly to fund projects. And that night we didn't raise much. We raised 15,000 bucks. Um, but we took 100% of that 15 grand to a refugee camp in northern Uganda. We did our first few projects, 
And then we sent the photos and the GPS coordinates and the satellite images of the completed projects back to the 700 people that came. And we said, you did this. You actually did this. Clean water is flowing a world away. And I love, I love how, even to this day, 100% of the money is still going directly to help people. And you've got a specific group of people every so often that sign up and say, and we're going to cover um, the executive side of things, the admin and everything else. That's still happening today, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. And, and, and that's the way it works now. So if you fast forward 12 years later, we've now had a million supporters join us um, wow. with, with their, you know, their generous donations from 100 plus countries. And it's, we're, allowed to, we're, we're able to spend 100% of their money directly on helping people get clean water because of 130 very generous people that fund the other bank account. So 130 entrepreneurs and business leaders and families pay for the overhead so that a million people don't have to. And and it's been an extraordinary group of people. It's the founders of Twitter and Facebook and Spotify and WordPress and Pandora and senior executives at Apple um, that make up the well. Um, We call it the well. And uh, and that's how we make the 100% model possible today. That's beautiful. How how do you... um... Like, I can't even think of right now a nonprofit, anything in the world of philanthropy that has this branding like you guys do. And, and I know some people may go, eh, branding, nonprofit. But talk to me about that idea for you, because I think creating this, this brand that's out there serving the world, um, that's a total out-of-the-box idea. But I think it, it, from, from the outside looking in, it sets you guys on a totally different trajectory than other nonprofits. Yeah, I mean, we just care a lot about design and branding, and we care about we we care about the way things look and and putting excellence into um, our storytelling, into the videos that we make, into the photos that we uh, that we share. And you know, our our office is a, is a is a is a really stunning, beautiful space in Tribeca in New York City, and we got over a million dollars donated to to make it beautiful. You know, Samsung donated fifty thousand dollars worth of TVs, and WeWork donated donated furniture, and uh, you know, architects donated their time back. And so we we kind of, you know, I guess there's often a poverty mentality when it comes to nonprofits, and they say, oh, if our website looks too good, people won't want to give. <laughs> We're like, we think our website should look amazing. We just want to hire the best designers yeah. and convince them to leave Tesla or leave Apple or leave Square you know, or Twitter and come use their design skills for good. But you don't need to spend a lot of money to build a, a beautiful brand. You need really good taste. Yeah. You need to demand excellence and then recruit the very, very best uh, talent um, when it comes to design and, and storytelling and writing and um, shooting and editing video. Beautiful. So a total reinvention of charity. Um, which is so inspiring. And then after that, you, you had another birthday the next year. And this has spurred on all new sorts of giving, from young children, six, seven years old, to everyone putting their birthday, donating anything of their birthday towards Charity Water. Talk to me about that idea and how it spread within everything Charity Water's doing. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, on our one-year anniversary, I said, okay, it, it doesn't really 
the, the nightclub thing, that was nice. That was kind of the redemptive turn. You know, I could take the 10 years partying in nightclubs and actually uh, throw one party in a donated club that actually helped people living in a refugee camp. But, you know, the idea didn't scale. I guess I could get a thousand people to turn up or maybe charge them 25 or 30 at the door, but it wasn't meaningful scale. And I thought, you know, I don't need anything for my birthday anyway. I certainly don't need a party. I don't need any gifts. Uh, I don't certainly need a, a tie or a wallet or a gift card, you know, for iTunes. And people don't even have clean drinking water. So what if I could turn my birthday into this redemptive uh, giving mechanism that benefited others? What if my birthday could actually help people have more birthdays as they lived healthier and more prosperous lives and didn't have to die of uh, drinking swamp water? So I thought the sticky marketing idea would be I'm going to ask for my age in dollars. So I said, I'm going to ask everybody for $32, 32 bucks for my 32nd birthday, make the promise that 100% of it would go directly to help people get clean water and, uh, and then show people where the money went. And to my surprise, my, my, my birthday campaign starts traveling and, and even people I don't even know are donating and I raised $59,000. Wow. And, and right after that, a seven-year-old kid in Austin, Texas, he starts knocking on doors. His name was Max Schmidhauser. He starts knocking on doors, asking for $7 donations. And this kid raises 20 grand. Wow. And we realized, look, we're <laughs> onto something. Nobody needs more crap for their birthday. You know, what, what if we really could start a movement of birthdays for clean water? And it just starts spreading and spreading and spreading. And uh, seven-year-old kids and 89-year-olds donating their birthday and 50-year-olds donating their birthday and um, people from all around the world. And uh, this movement of birthdays really begins to spring up. Wow, amazing. And if anyone wants to do that, if any of our listeners want to do that, I think you can go online at charitywater.org and there's a whole things that you guys provide to share, buttons and things like that that they can put on social media if anyone wants to do that. Yeah, and it's an amazing thing. I've done, um, gosh, I've done eight birthdays now. You know, I've done birthdays for my children <laughs> as well. It's just, it's a wonderful way to welcome a child into the world. It's a wonderful way to celebrate, you know, the, the next, uh, the next year of your life and involve all your friends and family, because you know what? People don't want to get you anything anyway. <laughs> and they often feel obligated. You know, I, I wouldn't know what to get you. I would much rather donate to give someone clean drinking water in your honor for your birthday and then be able to see where that money goes. So yeah, and people just go to charitywater.org slash birthdays. Um, and even if your birthday is 10 months from now, you can pledge and then we'll send you a reminder and, and, and it's so easy to set it up. Love it. Love it. Um, one of the things that jumped out at me from the book is really your, uh, your evolution in leadership. Um, whereas I think even the book, sometimes you talk about that it was like a startup that you guys kind of had going and that you've had to learn some lessons on leadership and, and this movement that you are the founder and face of and the CEO of. Um, I think the guy's name was Ross Garber that you talked about in the book, but talk to me what you've learned. Talk to me about what you've learned over these last few years, um, just about leading this movement and leading the people that you've been entrusted that have come on board at Charity Water. Um, I think there was a point in there where you, where you wrote, be the leader, model awareness, and develop your EQ. You want to chat on that? Yeah. I mean, so I'm 43 years old now. I've been at this for 12 years. I've got two young kids at home. Um, you know, I think we, we've moved from sprint to marathon hmm. and... And, you know, the, the, gosh, the 80 or 90 hour weeks at you know, the very beginning just to get this thing 
birthed, uh, not sustainable, (laughs) not sustainable, you know, the, the husband and the father that I want to be, but that's really, you know, allowed me to, to be more intentional about how I use my time and where I travel and speak and, you know, and, and how we grow the organization, really how I empower the, the other amazing leaders that are here. You know, we, Charity Water is now an amazing 80 person team here in New York City, we employ over 650 locals around the world, which I'm so proud of. Wow. They're actually out there working on the projects. And, you know, my, I, I recently lost my mom a couple months ago uh, to pancreatic cancer. And I got to really step out of the business and be there and be there in hospice and, and spend a couple months there. And, you know, I came back to the org and everything was fine. You know, in some ways they didn't miss me, I felt like. I mean, right. which was a real, which which made me so happy. Mm-hmm. You know, people just continued to move the initiatives forward and continue to, to excellent, uh, execute with, with excellence. And, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've really tried to hire smarter people mm-hmm. than me. I, I, I think uh, a good CEO does three things. I think you have to set the vision for the company or the organization. Um, I think you have to hire really great people and they have to keep money in the bank. Make sure you don't run out of money. <laughs> Your third one's a little important. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what's uh, what's currently keeping you curious these days? I mean, this thing, I'm sure, um, but what's out there? Any books, ideas, new movements that you're leaning into that is kind of keeping you curious? Well, you know, the risk of sounding self-serving, um, <laughs> you know, the... <laughs> I've been intellectually interested in our pivot at Charity Water from uh, from actually the birthdays, mm-hmm. which which have been great, and they've raised over sixty million dollars. People donating birthdays and other fundraising campaigns, wow. but actually pivoting from that fundraising model and the one-time donation model into the Netflix model, mm-hmm. into the subscription, and and as we hit ten years, and and a lot of impact, you know, six million people with clean drinking water. I think we'd raise a quarter of a billion dollars by that point. We realized that the, the problem was every January 1, we started over. Mm-hmm. So no matter how hard we worked, no matter how many people we inspired to donate their birthdays the year before or to give once, that was the problem. People did one birthday for Charity Water. They would actually take the idea and do future birthdays for other causes. Um, but but so many people were just showing up once. Yeah. And we said – you know, let's look at Spotify, let's look at Dropbox, let's look at HBO or Cinemax or Netflix. You know, they are building a community of people who are showing up month in and month out. Now, you know, albeit they're getting content, right? They're getting value out of that. But we said, could we create an innovative subscription program for pure good, where 100% of the benefit gets transferred to others, to people around the world that need clean drinking water? And we wouldn't have to start at zero. Hmm. I would much rather bring you into the cause uh, for $30 a month or $50 a month or $100 a month and develop a relationship with you over time. And then, you know, go bring your friends in and, and your, you know, your family in, but not have to keep finding new use. Uh, and, and churning through that. So we, we launched this on our 10th anniversary. Um, we called it the spring. Um, as you can tell from the title of the book, Thirst, I'm I'm a big fan of double entendre. So spring to me, it was a it was a time of new beginnings. It's a, you know, it's a season that brings a smile to to people's faces, and it's also uh, where a lot of the water, where a lot of the clean water around the world comes from, from natural, clean springs. 
And, you know, we just started asking people, look, give what you can every month. We know there are college kids out there. There's people giving their pension. They could give 10 bucks a month. Others could give $100 a month. And we kind of anchored around this idea that every $30 gets one person clean water. So for every $30 across Charity Water's global portfolio, we can get one person drinking dirty water to have clean water in a sustainable way. And this thing just started to grow. And now it's grown to, again, over 100 countries and a community of 30,000 people showing up month in, month out. I want that to grow to a million people. I mean, Netflix has like 130 million. I think Spotify has 90 million people showing up every month. You know, surely we should be able to get (laughs) a million. And and we're 3% of the way there. So that keeps me really intellectually stimulated. And how do I invite people into this? How do we compel them to get excited um, because, you know, we're not delivering new series that we spent, you know, $100 million right. making, right? right? 100% of that money is going around the world to help people get their most basic need for life met. They're getting clean water. So how do we bring that impact full circle? How do we inspire people to, to stick with us? And the idea that, you know, maybe one day they can tell their kids, maybe even tell their grandkids, I was a part of ushering in a day on earth where everybody has clean water, you know, because in the future there is a drop the mic moment. There is a day when we are going to say no one on this planet is drinking disgusting water. Um, and, and I want that day to come sooner than later. So, um, I ask this to everybody. Um, and, uh, I'd love to hear your answer on this. What advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, my gosh. Don't do drugs, you stupid. <laughs> and don't smoke two to three packs of Marlboro Reds. I mean, what a disgusting habit. Um, I, you know, I, uh, uh, I mean, I have kids now, and, you know, just, oh boy, I hope they're nothing like I was. <laughs> it, uh... I, I just, I was such a bozo. And I was just looking for meaning and purpose in all the wrong places. And one of the things I'm trying to teach my kids is, is that, you know, it, it, it is a sense of adventure, but kind of good, clean fun. Yeah. You know, I, I had to speak in Boston last Saturday and you know, I, I took my four-year-old on a plane with me and put him in the room and, you know, he got to watch me give a speech and I took him to Fenway Park and, you know, there, there's, he loved it. We had an amazing 24 hours together, just the two of us. And I would hope to, to in, instill that sense of wonder, that sense of adventure uh, in, in my kids. But they don't need to go get wasted to, to have fun. You know, that I would hope to in, inspire them by saying, look, you know, the, your life is really going to have meaning when you can use your time and your money, uh, you know, as you make it to, to help others, to serve others. And that's, that's where real legacy comes, I think. Love it. Love it. So um, I'm sure some of our listeners have gone, okay, I'm in. I want to help. Um, what is the, uh, is it the spring? What's the best yeah. way for them to, to get involved? Well, there's actually an amazing video that I'd love to invite people to check out. They can just go to charitywater.org slash spring. And it's, it's the video we made for our 10th anniversary. It just tells the whole story um, in, in images. And you'll get to see what it's like 
uh, to drink disgusting water. I mean, it's one thing for me to describe it. It's another to see it. But then you'll get to see what it's like when a drilling rig rolls in and clean water shoots out of the ground and hundreds and sometimes thousands of people are dancing and clapping and splashing, seeing clean water for the first time in their lives. Um, So I would say, you know, go watch that video. Help us share that the story of charity water and and by all means if you're able please do join the spring uh it's a great way to help us grow the movement to help more people and 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 you know we're really trying to build a community of people so loyal so faithful so generous you know the world's never seen anything like it before and uh i'd love to invite people into that so they can look at the video you can join the spring all that's just charitywater.org slash spring love it Love it, and the new book Thirst is out. Thirst, I'm sure yep, we can get it. Yep. We can get it anywhere books are sold. Yep, and and all the money goes to Charity Water as well. So that's another wow. way to help. Um, I, I I'm I'm not making any money from the book advance or from, you know, from sales and all that goes back into the organization. And you know, it's it's really an in depth look at the story. And you know, I would hope that the book would inspire people who might feel stuck, who might feel like their past defines their future or their past mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, are keeping them from achieving purpose or, or achieving greatness. Because I guarantee, you know, I mean, the book starts uh, with me high on drugs um, and, and very sick, basically. And, you know, I, I think when, when people, uh, you know, I've, I've heard from a lot of people that have read the book, they're like, oh, my gosh, we had no idea what a degenerate you were. You know, I, I think you will be encouraged that you are definitely, unless you killed somebody, you are probably not as bad as I was. And, and you really can, you know, it's never too late to, to change, to really start over, to make a clean break mm. from some of those mistakes. And then even better, use some of those past mistakes um, for good. Um, use them to, yeah. to fuel your future. And, and I, would, I would hope people would love the stories of, of clean water around the world, of, of, of our community of nine-year-old girls donating their birthday and people walking across the country in solidarity, uh, people that, that donate their wedding rings to, to build wells in the countries from where they came from because they'd rather you know, start their, their wedding or their marriage off with an act of radical generosity than a, than a diamond. There's so many amazing stories, I think, that'll hopefully make people laugh and, and also cry and, and hopefully uh, you know, want to share it with others. So, yeah, thank, thanks for the opportunity. They could go to charitywater.org slash the spring or, or pick up Thirst and, uh, and also support the organization. Beautiful. To follow you, Instagram, is that where you want us to go, yeah, Scott Harrison? Yeah. Sure, just my name and, and at Charity Water as well. Yep, and charitywater.org, guys. That's where you can find everything. Um, Scott, on, on behalf of all of us, um, thank you for your generosity, for your good and necessary work. Um, it's inspiring. You've uh, breathed some new life into me, uh, and your words have definitely lifted us up and super grateful for what you're doing in the world. Thanks, Van. Thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to share. You bet. You bet. Uh, can we get you on? Can we get a report back sometime in the next year or so? We'd love to I'd have you back that. again. I would absolutely love that. Beautiful. All right, my friend. We'll talk soon. Hey, friends, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Scott today. Uh, If you felt stirred to give and join what they're doing, we have a specific URL for here at the Good, True, and Beautiful podcast. Uh, That domain is cwtr.org slash goodtruebeautiful cwtr.org slash good true beautiful make sure you go there um, join what they're doing it's unbelievable it's amazing help them do their good and necessary work and as you approach this week may you pause by the orchid listen to the bluebirds sing 
and be love.